A special live stream edition of Talking Ball. We're going to do this live today because, frankly, uh, the Longhorns are two players more in the in the in the kitty here. Uh, Xavier Filsami just moments ago commits to the Longhorns. Uh, the safety out of McKinney, Texas, uh, commits to Texas after being a longtime commitment to the University of Florida. Uh, the Gators, though, uh, basically imploding most of this year. Uh, and then earlier today, even prior to that, Andrew Makuba, a nickel out of uh, uh, Clemson in the transfer portal, becomes the second transfer portal commit of this uh, recruiting campaign. Uh, Talking Ball brought to you guys by Longhorn Wealth Management Group and John Donovan and his guys. Hey, uh, CJ, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out with you, buddy. Uh, what are your thoughts on this sudden kind of rash of commitments? I know it's it's kind of it's not abnormal because we're only 48 hours away from signing day, but at some level, Texas is cooking with hot grease right now, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about building everything that you want in a program at the at the right moment. Everything is coming together at the moment right now for Texas to really start moving on all gears. You know, when you talk about what's you know ahead of us in terms of the college football playoff. You're now using that to parlay that into the recruiting ranks, and that then just snowballs into what becomes more talented players wanting to choose your school. And as a, as a coaching staff, as a recruiting department, there's nothing more that you could want than the play on the field trickling down into recruiting, and we're seeing it currently. Obviously, Texas is no stranger to having, you know, really – all sorts of recruiting momentum just build up out of nowhere, and we're right in the middle of it right now. They they, they are just going nuts right now. I mean, look, they're, it's like I said, it's like an avalanche rolling downhill, and everybody else is a little shack on the side of it, just waiting to get engulfed <laughs> by that snow. You know what I mean? And I, I think that I think, uh, Bakuba, just almost like Matthew Golden, CJ and Rod, they didn't look around very heavily. They went in the portal and went to Texas. I mean, yeah. it's it's like I, I you know I've, I've got a son here that went early decision to a school of choice. It's like they went early decision to Texas. Uh, Rod, yeah. what do you make of a Sark? You've been around a guy like Mac Brown, who is a masterful recruiter. You're sitting there, and you know what you know what it looks like when guys are on fire in recruiting. Yeah, how much fire is Steve Sarkeesian right now? Yeah, well, to me, I mean, I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant. I really don't, all right, because I was a 17-year-old that had to choose between Texas. My my final five were Texas, Texas A&M, Colorado, Florida State, Penn State, all right, as a young man. But Texas, like you say, they, they were becoming the it school, all right, when I when I was deciding. That was 1999, long time ago. I don't want to reveal my age, but there you go. All right. That was a long time ago. And was you know, CJ was, born yet? Was CJ even born I, yet? I don't even want to get into it. I'm a 97 baby. Uh, at least, and, 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 there you go. At least you got that. Um, but Texas wasn't the it school just yet, right? Mac Brown had to turn it into the it school, kind of like DKR did it back in his day. Um, Sark, you can tell Sark's, Sark's version of that is happening, right? And when I talk about that, when I made my decision, you know, it was different. But for these guys, what my point is, what more could you ask for when Texas is actually competing for national titles, right? You know that in the NIL space, Texas is one of the leaders. You know Austin is one of the best cities to live in the country. We know that now, right? Unfortunately, because the traffic tells you that every day. All right, so it's a great city to live in. University, academically, it offers you so much. I don't, I don't even talk about that enough. It offers you so much academically. Um, you know, and, and the 
we talk about this all the time. It's why we can do this show, the community, the family, right? The, uh, you know, all the, the alumni base is huge. One of the biggest alumni bases in the country. There's so much to sell for Texas. And it's not a lot of other institutions and programs around the country that can sell what Texas is selling. And the only thing they were lacking back in the day, at least in the recent, you know, history, 15, last 15 years or so was they couldn't sell that they were playing and competing for titles. Now they can sell that on top of all the other stuff. It's hard to negatively recruit against Texas. Now, remember back in the day, it was pretty easy. They don't develop. They don't develop. They, they, they go there and you'll underperform. You'll trust me, you'll underachieve. That's what all the five stars do when they go there. Yeah, we remember the story about, what was it, the Garrett Wilson story back in the day. He didn't want to come to Texas because a lot of off, great offensive guys have gone there and then, you know, you never hear from them again. Right? That was an actual reputation Texas had. Right now, in this upcoming draft, Texas is about to try to shatter that narrative about lack of development. You, you really can't say that now. Texas is actually getting guys because they're seeing players being developed on the 40 acres. So I'm, I'm not sure what you negatively recruit against Texas right now, how you do it. And maybe you just don't do it anymore. Maybe it's not a part of your repertoire as a competing coach. But it's like I said, they got so much to sell now, Bobby. Now they can sell winning. They couldn't even sell winning. Now they can sell winning and they can sell development, two things they could not sell in the last 15 years. I, I agree with that. I mean, you you know as well as I do, these things can run in cycles. And it's Texas's turn right now. Yeah. Um, everything seems to be lining up. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the players uh, Xavier feels to me as someone you've seen in person, uh, CJ. Uh, talk a little bit about him and the speed he brings uh, to the table for the Longhorns. Because, frankly, uh, pairing him with uh, Derek Williams uh, eliminates that thought. <laughs> Rod gets excited because it eliminates that worry or that concern that Texas doesn't have enough speed in the secondary long term. That's been a piece, right? What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, with Phil Smith specifically, I mean, speed is the number one thing on his repertoire. I mean, it stands out on tape. When you see him in person, it really flashes. And for the Texas secondary specifically, you know, it's been a while since you've had that elite speed. And I think, you know, going back to, you know, kind of the excitement around a guy like Tyler Owens whenever he committed, the, the question mark there was how talented was he as a, as a football player? Because you see him, you know, Testing-wise and the measurables, everything is 99 percentile. You know, it st stands off the charts. That's exactly what you want your football players to look like until you kind of get them on the field and you see where things are, you know, talent-wise. With Phil Simi, I see more instincts, more natural instincts. And when plays are, are underway, when, when things kind of break down and quarterback scrambles out, he's finding where to, you know, where receivers are trying to run open to, where they're trying to extend the football play to. And that is something that – you know, as a defensive back, Rod, and you can you know, certainly attest to this, you know, you either have it or you don't. And yeah. whenever you watch guys that fill a void in the space in a zone specifically, I mean, it, it really goes a long way uh, in terms of development, getting the hands on the footballs, creating turnaway, or turnovers and, and really becoming an impact player right away. And I think that alone is very exciting. And not to mention – you have to be a physical football player to play in that McKinney defense. You know, Coach Shavers and what that defense brought to the table the last two years and what they currently have going right now in that program, you have to be able to run and hit. And he runs very well, and he's not afraid to hit. So all around a good safety prospect. I think Texas fans should be over the moon right now that they were able to flip him at the last minute uh, and get him into the 2024 class. 
Yeah. All right. I want, to thanks our, I want to say thanks to our sponsor real quick, Rod, then I'll let you go uh, and talk about it. Uh, that is John Donovan. John and his group at the uh, at the uh, Longhorn Wealth Management Group uh, have been helping and supporting Longhorn Athletics uh, for a long, long time. He wants to say specifically uh, thank you and congratulations today uh, to the Lady Longhorns Championship Volleyball Team. Uh, repeating as national champions is truly an amazing accomplishment. Likewise, Longhorn Wealth is repeating its offer to extend to each and every Longhorn alum, employee, or fan a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and maximize your tax-free and tax-efficient financial future. So please give John and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. Rod, I want to get back to you. I saw you rubbing your hands together excited whenever we talked to Knoxville State because of that yeah. speed back there. You've talked about Derek Williams already as a true freshman. It's probably the best coverage safety in the Longhorn secondary right now because of his, his speed and athleticism. Is that something you see something similar from Xavier Filsamy where he kind of ups the ante back there a little bit? Yeah, and I totally agree when CJ brought up the speed, right, that it pops when you watch the film. And I think the staff, at least on the defensive side of the ball, and I think offensively they're probably here too because Sark loves speed as well. Then you got to recruit things that you can't coach. All right. If you trust your ability to develop talent, you can recruit, you know, you recruit just certain traits that you know you can't coach. Can't coach speed, recruit that. Right. And you can, and I've been saying this for years, you can't coach coverage. Guys either can cover or they can't. You can get better at it. You can improve at anything. All right. Anything in life. You can get, I think pass rushing is like this too. I usually got to recruit a guy that knows how to get after the passer. Colin Simmons, right? Some guys just know you can, you can get better at it, and that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't lower your ceiling as an overall player. But I think it to be a coverage specialist, a pass rush specialist, is something that's innate. It's something that's programmed really early into football players. Uh, and I was I was a coverage specialist, is what I did, and so I, I actually know that. And that's something that I think Texas figured out. They got they got really good athletes and good football players in the secondary right now. Sharon Thomas is not a bad football player. The guy makes a lot of plays. My Taft Daddy and, um, you know, Keaton Crawford. These guys are good football players, but they're not coverage specialists. All right, so they can be exposed in that aspect of the game. So now they're starting to just recruit coverage specialists. That's why Derek Williams, he walks on campus. He's a freshman. He's your best uh, coverage safety. That's not a coincidence, guys. With no spring ball. Exactly, with no spring ball. Walk on. Because he can go. Coverage is that's something that's innate. Think of, even, even Sark told us. They asked him who his best pass rushers were before the season started. He said Anthony Hill and Byron Murphy. Anthony Hill, Anthony Hill just got there. He's like, yeah, Anthony Hill. Because it don't take long. Like, no, a guy can rush the passer. Just put him up there. He's got it naturally. Some guys, they figure it out. They got, you know, when it comes to leverage, when it comes to the, the natural repertoire of moves, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think now they're recruiting those kind of guys. If you look at it, Phil me, he can cover. He can cover from the slot. He can just flat out cover guys. He's got speed, which helps in coverage. <laughs> All right, if you can just run with a guy. And and Texas, one little nugget here about Texas, the Gary Patterson influence on PK it, it, it cannot be understated. Um, he's been they've been Texas been playing basically a ton of quarters coverage, match quarters coverage ever since Gary Patterson came on the staff a couple years ago. As a matter of fact, if you go look at it this year and last year, you're talking about them being the, playing the most quarters coverage in the big 12 uh and they're they're close to top 10 rate all right in all the power five 
They play a lot of it. It's something they do a lot of. And if you're going to do that, you're going to play a lot of it. You got to you gotta have safeties that can play the run from depth. I talk about this all the time with Jalen Catalan. We call him Alley Catalan, right? Because he can, he can be 12, 13 yards deep. And, and with alignment, and this will come up in the Washington game, by the way, with alignment, you can deter teams from throwing it vertically downfield on you. Just the alignment of those safeties. But then they still have to be able to come and be forced run defenders. And so you want them to be able to come down and run the alley with speed, to CJ's point, all right, and be able to come be forced run defenders while also being able to come from this too high alignment and do it because Texas plays so much quarters coverage. They're looking for Derek Williams now. He projects the guy that can do that. That's something you can coach. Even if guys don't have it naturally, give me the speed. Give me a guy who's not afraid of physicality. I'll teach him angles to the football. I'll teach him how to make an open field tackle. I'll teach him leverage. I'll teach him how to take on a block with the right, you know what I mean, with the right shoulder. All those things I can teach, but I can't teach the speed to get to the football. What I can't teach is coverage instincts. Those are things they're starting to recruit. 10.55, meter. You can't teach that. Teach right, it. Rod? I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's it's one of those things. And he's got good size to him. He's not he a small guy. I mean, he's not he's not going to be overwhelmed uh, it, it, once he gets into a college weight program and really starts going that direction. All right, I want to talk about Andrew McCuba. He's the other person that committed here today. Uh, a young man out of Austin's LBJ High School, originally signed with Clemson. Uh, back in, I guess, 2020, 21, something like that, has played three years at Clemson, but is now transferring, announced it today that he's transferring to Texas. He played his first year at safety, CJ, then the last two at nickel at Clemson. Uh, tell folks exactly what the Longhorns get from Andrew Makuba. No, I've always been a big fan of Makuba. You know, having watched him dating back to his high school days at Austin LBJ, you know, he was just a couple minutes away. It makes my life a whole lot easier in the recruiting world. But uh, but no, he's always been a fun one. And, you know, I would I would see him in training sessions all the time. And, you know, whether it be cone drills or, or you know, doing the ladder, you could tell that the feet and, and, and just the fluidity of his legs were, were tremendous. You know, he can move, he can get, you know, vertically horizontal you know everywhere wherever he wants to be on the field he's got it and he does so with the little spring in his legs you know that athleticism that we talked about with uh phil Simi and, and some of these safeties that texas are is recruiting currently i mean that trickles down into makuba's game and you see it on tape uh, the number one thing with makuba that really stands out to me is his versatility i mean you can throw him anywhere on the field and expect to see some sort of impact you know i i have it written down here 620 snaps this year for Clemson, 315 were in the slot right where we see Jade uh, Barron make all of his plays all season long. He had 96 in the box, whether it be at kind of, you know, a, a shaded linebacker and heavy personnel or, you know, he's got 160 back deep as a free safety. So it's whatever you think is best for him in that in that Texas defense, he can fill that void because of that experience and that versatility. Uh, he's a playmaker. He's around the ball all the time. And again, I talk about the seamless transition it takes to go from a guy like Jada Barron, who's been a player of the game many times this year for me, into a guy like Makuba, who was a freshman All-American. It, it it makes things a whole lot easier in that that position on defense, which is so important. All right, uh, this is uh, Talking Ball, brought to you by Longhorn Wealth Management Group, John Donovan and his group. Uh, Rod, you and I talking along with C.J. Vogel here of On Texas Football. Uh, interestingly, a lot of people have been mentioning, and I want to reset, the reason we're on air live today is because of two recent commitments. Andrew Makuba out of Clemson has committed to Texas. He did that around 1 o'clock. Around 2 o'clock, Xavier Filsamy committed to Texas. He's the safety 
out of McKinney, Texas High School, uh, Blue Chipper. I think he's a five-star by some services, if not a high four-star, a 10.55 100-meter guy uh, that is also a football player. Uh, so very, very strong uh, afternoon here for the Longhorns. That's why we're here. So strong, in fact, CJ and Rod, a lot of people have been talking about, will this be a top five class for the Longhorns? Well, as of right now, with this uh, commitment from Phil Simi, the Texas Longhorns recruiting class now is in the top five. For the first time this year, it's got it's moved up that high, I believe. Uh, checking at number five overall in the on-three team rankings. Uh, number one right now is Georgia. Nobody's going to catch them, we don't think, in this year. Uh, Ohio State at number two. Alabama at number three. Florida State four. And now Texas at five. Uh, interestingly, uh, Texas has fewer commits than Georgia and Florida State in that top five. Uh, it's possible Texas passes Florida State here down the stretch. Uh, I also want to mention this. Let's talk about this one. Texas, we talked about Texas possibly going five for five over the weekend. Well, here it is Monday, and on Monday morning's coffee and football, people were saying, hey, is Texas is, is it too slow that Texas only got one out of five? Well, fast forward about eight hours, and now they're <laughs> out of five. CJ, you said that Texas would probably – you felt good about four of five on this recruiting weekend. They're at three of five. Uh, tell us where – you know, what all is going on and what's left and uh, how you saw that uh, coming to fruition. Yeah, I guess with with the current, you know, developments and what we've seen today, I mean, all attention now goes to Ty Anthony Smith, whether or not Texas will be able to flip him from his verbal pledge right now to Texas A&M. Obviously, Alex Foster is on campus as well. He's pushing his decision towards uh, the, the second national signing day in February. So a little bit more breathing room there. We'll also kind of reevaluate where Texas goes on the defensive line if they opt to you know, track back to D'Alen Evans or Dominic McKinley as well. So interesting now, I think the guy that Texas fans should be keeping the closest eye on currently is Ty Anthony Smith. You know, Texas did get him to campus. That was kind of the biggest thing in his recruitment. You know, whether or not his interest in the Longhorns and what their program could provide for him was real was if he was going to get to campus. Well, we know this weekend he was there for a couple days, and we do know that Ty Anthony Smith is very much interested in the Texas program and what you know Texas is bringing to the table. You know, just sort of say so. Uh, right now, I think closest eyes on Ty Anthony Smith. I do think you know things weren't went well enough uh, to put you know really all the chips in the table on, or in the middle of the table. There, uh, Texas did enough, I think, to uh, get his verbal commitment to flip and to sign on Wednesday. All right, uh, we'll have more on Ty Anthony Smith in a minute. Rod, uh, one of the reasons in the normal talking ball, you and CJ were actually going to tape here in a little bit for tonight, but we moved this to a live stream because basically everything's going on all at once right now. It seems like we're juggling 75 balls when really, really it's it's just Steve Sarkeesian that's being the puppet master here. Oh, everybody's, oh. everybody's committing. <laughs> one of the things you wanted to talk about it, this, this evening was Matthew Golden and yeah. how you saw him fitting with what Steve Sarkeesian likes to do on offense. You wanted to spend about two or three minutes on that, you said. Uh, so I'm going to let you do that now uh, because I don't want to forget about him because he committed on Saturday night at a time when a lot of brouhaha was going on. We talked a little bit about him last night, but tell us about yeah. what you see out of Matthew Golden as well. Uh, well, I think he fits a number of different needs for the Longhorns, right? They're going to lose. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. They're going to lose a ton of targets. We know, well, we assume. 
we assume X Man's gone. We assume AD Mitchell's gone. We know Jay Witt's gone. Uh, you had you had multiple wide receivers leave via the transfer portal. A lot of targets going to be open. He just fits what Sarks covets on offense. We talked about things you cannot coach or teach. Speed being one of them. He has enough speed, but you know guys like Xavier Worthy are faster. But I think he's twitchier. Uh, than Xavier Worthy. The moment my Twitch here is his start and stop ability. I mean, his, he's a dy- that's what makes him such a dynamic returner. Uh, and that's why in space, he can be such a weapon. Uh, so I think for Sark, first of all, he's got to crack the circle of trust for uh, Sark's uh, receivers. Basically, top three or four receivers, those are the only guys that see a lot of time and see a lot of targets for Sark, which I think he will. Uh, but we can't really predict that. But I think he will. Jonte Cook's probably the only one predicted right now, projected. He's definitely going to be one of those guys. Still going to be three other spots open. I think he can be one of those guys. And he's just a guy, much like Keelan Robinson. And, you know, even if he doesn't crack that circle of trust, he can still be a weapon. Sark will be inspired. Uh, you know, Sark is inspired by Keelan Robinson's speed. He will find ways to weaponize this guy in space, get him three to four yards, schemed open in space, and allow him to do his thing. And he, he does that very well. That's why he had, what, 35 yards, I believe, per uh, kickoff return this season. I think in his career, at least this season, or maybe in his career, is around 31 yards per kickoff return. I mean, this guy is explosive. He'll come on, come in and upgrade, actually, over Keenan Robinson, who's a fantastic returner. So I do think he fits Sark's scheme. Sark loves targets to motion, getting guys like uh, Matthew Golden the ball already on the move. Whether it be the swing screens or whether it be targets to motion already on the move. So they already have uh, a built-in advantage uh, with their speed so he can weaponize it. So he does. He fits Sark's scheme. I think he's going to end up cracking the rotation and be a dynamic returner. Uh, that's why Jeff – he was – that's why I think he, they closed on him so early, guys. He was pitched by Jeff Banks and by Sark. I mean, he got the pitch from, from two phases. Usually you get a pitch from one phase. Hey man, we need you here. He got. The, I guarantee you Jeff Banks was in that room working it, and he's a rainmaker, right? That's a guy that can close. Sark can close. He had two closers in there. You see, he shut the recruitment down. It was like, I'm good, man. I'm good, guys. All right, guys, say less. I'm good. I'm coming. All right. It was. They was on them hard, man. They was. They needed. I, I've got to put this up here because I, it, it's it, it's one of those days where it's a celebration a little bit for the Longhorns. Uh, and I've got to put this username up here because I think it's one of the best. Plethora of pinatas. <laughs> I love it. That's what it feels like today with the hook upside. Uh, no doubt. Uh, I uh, hey, love look, it. we mentioned Ty Anthony Smith. I've got a little bit there. I was told he went to school, and this is some some someone at Jasper today, a teacher there, by the way. Uh-oh. He was wearing A&M gear at school today. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. I'll say this. There are other guys wearing LSU <laughs> gloves and end up at texas and vice versa i wouldn't read too much into it he's just got gear uh so we'll see how that goes but uh texas still trying to get ty anthony smith the linebacker out of jasper uh on uh in the fold as well he's long been committed uh to texas a&m uh some other things to talk about here uh trey moore the outside linebacker edge prospect really from utsa that had 14 uh sacks on the season i spoke to his uh, representative earlier today. Uh, he said that right now, Trey has to get one or two more questions answered, and he's about ready to make a decision before signing day. Okay. So his, his remember how I had it, CJ? It was before Christmas. Yeah. Now he's talking about maybe making a decision before signing day. So that's within the next 36, 48 hours as well. 
So keep that one in mind as another potential portal transfer. And this, go talking about portal, Rod and CJ, Texas is being very specific. Yeah. We have a we have a need in the return game. We need an adult receiver, somebody that's older as a receiver. They go and pick Matthew Golden, one of the best return guys in the country, right? Solid receiver. Then they also go and pick Andrew Makuba, an Austin area product that has three years starting uh, starting experience at a high college level. I mean, Clemson, right? Yep. They are being very specific. Now they're after Trey Moore, the edge prospect that has 14 sacks at UTSA. It, it feels like it's very laser-like approach. They didn't bring in Juice Wells. They, they told him, no, nah, best not to come in, right? They're being judicious and very laser-like in their approach. What do you think, CJ? Yo, no, absolutely. You hit it right on the head. I mean, it's a targeted attack on the portal. You know, it's <laughs> Texas is pointing to a guy that they think can fit in their, their culture, their scheme, and produce right away. And they're saying, we want you. And the thing that kind of really stands out to me is, you know, Makuba entered the portal. Where was his one visit? Texas. You know, Matthew Golden. Did he visit anywhere else? He went straight to Texas. Both are in the fold. And I know Trey Moore is was at Alabama this past weekend, but where did he visit first? Texas. You know, where did he play? Where did he grow up? Right down the road. I have to imagine the proximity and the interest shown immediately to the Longhorns is going to be something that certainly favors them in this race. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. When you think about the, t- the schools that were immediately interested in Trey Moore once he entered the portal, uh, it was Texas, Ohio State, and Alabama. Ohio State didn't receive a visit, but those three programs have been amongst the best in the last, I don't know, two decades in terms of finding guys that want to come in and produce right away and then develop into NFL stars. So I think that goes a lot to say, you know, in terms of what we could have, you know, potentially expect to see from him on the field right away next year. Uh, Those guys normally don't look at guys in the portal to come and just sit on the bench. Yeah, I I completely, I hear you. And that comment you made about the last two decades, it's definitely been true for Ohio State and Alabama. It hasn't necessarily been true for Texas. Right. And Rod's point earlier, that's the transition we're seeing right now for the Longhorns. Uh, we're going, we're seeing Texas morph from a good team and a, and a solid, reasonably good program to a team that's going to put maybe eight guys drafted this year. Yep. And then next year they have another group. And then these top five classes. So you remember, I mean, Byron Murphy wasn't top uh, a part of a top five class. But you start seeing those come churn out. Then the eight players drafted on a seven, eight, whatever the number of players drafted on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Once that becomes habit and not a one-off, that's yeah. when the program changes. Rod, that, that's part of what recruiting is, right, is accumulating enough talent to where you could have a bad day at the office and still have a chance to win a football game. That, that's, yeah. that's a big piece of it, right? Yeah, I mean, you gotta. There's a there are a lot of different things you gotta overcome, right? Uh, and the, it, you know, there are some coaches that say oh, you want to accumulate enough talent so you can overcome the coaching, <laughs> in case the coaching gets in the way, they can't figure it out. Um, you want to accumulate enough talent so you can deal with the inevitable rash of injuries that are gonna try, they're gonna hold you back. You want to accumulate enough talent so that you can cultivate competition at the highest level. Every day at practice, every day. Football is a game you practice way more than you play. So you're, the, the higher level your practices are, the better your games will be. 
the better the product in the games will be. And it's hard to replicate and simulate, you know, those real elite game time reps when you ain't got a lot of talent in practice, when you only got a few really talented guys, how you going, you know, how you going to simulate really, really elite high level practice reps. You can't until you accumulate enough talent where the practices I'm talking about this are actually tougher than most of the games you play. We got close to that in 0102 in Texas when we won 11 games. VY and company pushed it over the top where, yeah, only two or three games a year, Oklahoma, whoever we, they play in the bowl games, nowadays in the college football playoffs, those are the games where you're going to play light talent, where the games may be as tough, if not tougher than practice, when you accumulate the elite level of talent you want to. Ohio State's been there. Clemson's been there. You know, Bama's been there. Of course, Georgia's been there. You know, there's only going to be like Michigan's there now. Only like four or five schools a year that's going to be there. There's somewhere in that in that conversation. Texas should be in that conversation year after year, considering yeah, the resources and considering the fertile recruiting ground. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. If I can interject real quick, my, one of my favorite things from this past NFL draft was, was Will Anderson, you know, t- taken by the Texans, star out of Alabama. We're all aware yeah. from him from last year's game. Uh, he came out and was basically like, yeah, I mean, NFLs, you know, or, or it's not what I expected. You know, it's laid back. Practices at Alabama were significantly <laughs> tougher than the games that we played at Alabama, and that's not what I was expecting whenever I came to the NFL. And yeah. I think to your point, I don't mean to make this about Alabama, but that has been the gold standard for my mm-hmm. for most of my life in terms yep. of college football success. And so when you start seeing that duplicated elsewhere, it makes people around the country say, all right, like they're putting something together you know, down in Austin, Texas. And, you know, to your point, Rod, we're starting to see it. And it's showing up on Saturdays. And even when Texas hasn't had their eight games, and there's been a few this year, it, 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 I mean, the talent and the culture overcomes it. Yep. Hey, I've got to say this. I mean, it's the proverbial iron sharpens iron, right? That's the, that's the saying. uh, And uh, that's what's going on. I want to go back to another point, uh, CJ, that you made that I thought was pretty bright. Um, you mentioned the three players in the portal that they've gone after thus far. Uh, Klein Kane is where Matthew Golden's from. That's a high school teammate of Jaden yep. Blue. Mm-hmm. Smithson Valley is where Trey Moore is from. That's just right down the road. Uh, Central Texas, kind of South Texas, Central South Texas, whatever you want to call that little pocket. Comal County, I think. Um, and then Austin LBJ, Andrew Makuba. Um, these are all three guys that they these get these coaches. We talk about culture being important. They know those guys from beyond just bringing them in as a mercenary from another 
city or state that they've never even talked to before. Yeah. They know the background of some of these guys. And I right. think that helps fit the, the Texas culture. Yeah. And on top of that, I think those kids also understand what it's like when Texas is on top of the world. Albeit, you know, it's been a minute and they might not have been, you know, old enough to enjoy it like some of us have, but they understand, you know, the ceiling that can be the Texas football program when things are turning the right way. And, uh, you know, with guys like, you know, Golden, guys who, you know, really, at the last minute were approached by Sarkeesian and, and, and really thought, you know, maybe they could have a chance if they came here at the last minute. Makuba specifically, they, he didn't want to come to Texas because he knew that the program just wasn't where, you know, he wanted mm -hmm. to be, you know, the, the, the wins weren't there. The development wasn't there. Once you start getting that going and we're seeing it currently, it now becomes that much more of an attractive uh, destination yeah. out of high school. Yeah. Uh, Rod, you know, you can speak to this from a player's point of view. I think that's what guys really want. I mean, ultimately, they want to be the best player they can be, regardless of where it is. It's really nice, though, when it's at a major university in your home state, uh, the state university, the flagship university of the state. That makes the, the avalanche that much more stronger. You agree with that? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, as I said earlier, you know, when Texas is making their pitch to these recruits, you know, especially who are who live in the state of Texas, it's tougher and now for any other school to negatively recruit against Texas. And I don't know how their pitch would be better now that Texas can now competing for championships and showing they can develop talent. Now, hey, in the past 15 years, there have been times where Texas is not developing talent right? and they're not competing for championships. So I totally see why you wouldn't go to Texas. But now that they are competing for titles, and they are, you know, developing talent at a high level. And you'll see in this upcoming draft and the city of Austin is a pop culture mecca and the NIL space, which is, you know, right now the arms race of college football in Texas, a leader in that realm too. academically, you know, that should be your thing. And if it is your thing, all right, they got that to offer. Like at this point, the sell, it's never been easier to be a salesperson, which is what you are as a recruiter for the university of Texas. And I think that's why, to CJ's point, you see McGruber say, "Hey, at one point, man, I can't, I can't go to Texas because y'all are gonna, y'all are going to limit my ability, all right? Because y'all can't develop me, and I can't, I can't play for championships. I'm gonna go to Clemson where they develop talent. I'm gonna go there where they compete for championships, and then I'll be able to achieve a lot more. But now, it, it, you know, ironically, he's seeing, hey, my hometown school, Austin, Texas, they're doing it big. I'm gonna go back there." You know, that's that's all I wanted was for them to be competing for titles and for them to show that they can develop me as a player. And as listen, the, the pitch shouldn't change that much from when I was in school, except for the NIL stuff and the transfer portal. But that I wanted to go to the NFL. You got to Mac Brown had to say, hey, man, we're going to get you to the league. OK, we're going to get you there. I got I got the people to do it. He, I, I wanted to I wanted to play with other great players. I want to play with other great players. That was part of the, the pitch by Tim Brewster. Hey, you want to you want to play with Sims? Are we coming in with Sims and Corey Redden, man? We're gonna have the best recruiting class in the country, and we did. I want to play with other great. That mattered to me, being a part of the best recruiting class. That mattered to me. All right, I want to play with great players. I ain't ashamed to uh, you know I ain't to admit that. And I I wanted to play for championships. And even Max closed in line when he walked out of my garage after the recruiting visit, sat on my mama's couch and drank her sweet tea. Was right. I can't win the national title without you. And he walked off. 
That's all I needed to hear. It's like, you damn right. You, you need you need me to win the national title? No, say I will be there. You, me and you think alike, sir. We see the world the same way. All right? And it ain't changed. I think guys still pretty much want those things. Now, NIL changed it a little bit, but you still want to play with great players, play for championships, and I want to go to the league. Can, coach, can you guarantee me you're going to give me the best chance to do that? You do that, and let's, let's go. And I think Texas right now, can they can check those boxes. All right. Uh, before we get to some questions here, we got some time to take questions a little bit. Uh, we're kind of celebrating, uh, so to speak, uh, uh, the commitments of Xavier Phil Samee, uh, the defensive back out of McKinney, Texas, flips from Florida this afternoon to Texas. He was initially going to make his announcement on Wednesday, Rod and CJ. He moved that up. Uh, and Andrew Makuba moved his decision up, too. He told you just last night, CJ, that he was going to wait until Thursday. Momentum. The itchy trigger finger and, and commits to Texas <laughs> this afternoon around one o'clock. Uh, so big commitments there from Texas. That's why we're doing this talking ball live stream. Uh, all right. Before we get to the questions that uh, folks have put in the chat, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, John Donovan is a certified financial planner who has spent more than 30 years providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to his clients. John and the Longhorn Wealth Team want to congratulate the UT women's volleyball team on their dominating victory yesterday in securing the national championship. Repeating as national champions is truly an amazing accomplishment. Likewise, Longhorn Wealth is repeating its offer to extend each and every Longhorn alum, employee, or fan a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and maximize your tax-free and tax-efficient financial future. So please give John Donovan and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. All right, let's get to some questions, guys. We got uh, quite a few uh, coming in here, and I'm going to try to uh, see if I can't uh, get them, get it up and going. All right, hook them from – this is from Robert Hodges. Hook them from the Philippines. Okay, That's need right. a monster DT and another great wide receiver, and we can call it a wrap. What else do they need? I think they might need a tight end, depending on what Xavier uh, JT Sanders does. What do you think, uh, 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 CJ? Yeah, no, I, I'm interested at, in, into seeing what JT Sanders does. Uh, you know, defensive tackles, one at least on paper, I thought Texas might kind of poke around with in the portal. You know, obviously you're losing a ton of production uh, with, with Sweat and Murphy. Uh, but again, I, I think I've kind of talked myself out of it. You know, Texas was in this same position last year when they lost Ojimo and Keandre Coburn. And what did they do? It, they trusted the guys that Bo Davis has coached up, coached, trusted the guys that he had developed. And sure enough, you have two of the best defensive tackles in the entire country. Now it's hard to replicate that year in and year out. I understand it. It takes a special type of prospect to be able to do what Sweat and Murphy have done. But I do think the longer that these guys have been on campus, that have been under Bo's tutelage, basically, I, I trust that they'll be able to step in and compete at the highest level. You know, Vernon Broughton specifically, I think, is going to take a big leap next year. Uh, we'll see what Alfred Collins does. If he does opt to come back, it's, you know, we've talked about it forever. Will he ever put together an all-conference caliber season like he was able to uh, – or that he was kind of talked up to be. So uh, very interesting to see. Um, I think Jare Bledsoe is another guy in that conversation that could take that leap. But that was always the position I thought moving into 2024 that may, might need a little bit of help there. Yeah, I, yeah. I think defensive tackle could use a guy like Trill Carter. Absolutely. Like they got last year. Not necessarily – look, a, a first – 
a high-end number one defensive tackle in the portal is like finding Willy Wonka's golden ticket. <laughs> you know, you're going to be one of very few that find that golden ticket. But there are players out there like Trill Carter that can, by the end of the year, be giving you 15 to 20 snaps a game of high-quality run defense. That's sort of, I think that's the kind of defensive piece they're more likely yep. to find in the, in the portal. And they're going to have to, I think, because I do think that Alfred Collins, at least as of today, uh, likely goes pro as well. All right, here's a question from Henry Chan. Is Arch's younger brother going to college next, next year? Any idea where he's going to attend? He played center at uh, Bishop Newman uh, wow. this year, uh, one year younger. He has been accepted to Texas, is my understanding, and he is expected to enroll at Texas at least as of right now, that's the last I'd heard about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, and so people are trying to make Arch, well, people trying to get Arch Manning to transfer to Ohio State or whatever. Well, little brother's going to Texas too, I think. So it may be a little harder. Hey, I, I want to get you to this one, uh, uh, Rod. Uh, UT, this from David Williams, UT getting Xavier Phil Simi at safety, Kobe Black at corner and Wardell Mack at nickel are three legitimate potential difference makers that could be starting after one year of development in the program. Rod, we asked you, yeah. you know, if you're 20, you've been doing this professionally now, talking about the Longhorns for 20 years after you retired from the uh, NFL, okay? We asked you when you came aboard on On Texas Football to start looking at some recruits. And this is the first time where you've spent, I think, some accelerated time or, or more nuanced time watching film of recruits than you had in previous years. Yeah. What I know you paid particular attention to the DBs. So what do you see in these three guys? Uh, Phil Savi is, you know, he's one, like I said, speed jumps off. Uh, we talked about that earlier. Uh, he's a guy that can cover from that slot, from depth. And I think that's where Texas is going now. I've talked about this. They they want to prioritize coverage as one of the traits and data points that they're looking at in the evaluation of DBs. Because they they know now you can't coach it, you can't really develop it. You gotta you gotta just get coverage guys who are coverage specialists, and you can coach all the other aspects, the DB position, open field tackling, angles of the football, you know, leverage, taking on blocks to the right shoulder. That's 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 football, you know, classroom stuff. You can teach that. Um, there's certain traits, and I think speed is one of them. I think coverage is one of them, and Phil Smith can he can cover. And from the side, which is really, really tough. And I also think he's a guy that can play the run from depth. He's not afraid to, to be an alley cat, to be able to run, run the alley and be a forced run defender. Texas likes that with his safeties. Um, they also, Kobe Black, he's just a, he's a, he's a technician, potentially a ball hawk. Uh, can be both at corner, which I like about his game. And not a lot of wasted movement. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, much like Malik Muhammad's now playing as a true freshman you know, you know, Terrence Brooks obviously uh, played really young as well. He's a guy that could give you reps uh, at corner uh, at a, you know, as a freshman or, you know, obviously after his first year, maybe it takes him a while to acclimate. But he projects to a guy that can really help you early on because of his skill set. He hasn't really focused at corner. This guy's been playing. They got him playing wide out. They got him playing all over the place. He's a great athlete. Feels to me the same thing. You got him playing all over the place. He's a great athlete. But you focus these guys at one position and allow them to, to really become students of the game. Um, and I think you'll see that accelerated development. That's choking with. And it's pretty obvious that Texas is, you know, at the end of, I'm not going to say the end of roster construction for them, but 
you know, Sark came in initially when he started when he was building the offense. And you can tell how they built the offense inside out, big humans, then got quarterback, you know, then started working his way to all the other different positions. Uh, and on defense, I think they they started with some of the key positions that they needed. Uh, and now they're just starting to round out the construction of the defense for the most part. And they're going to still start filling in these spots. But with Anthony Hill coming in, with now Colin Simmons in this class, you know, Malik Muhammad, you know, bringing him in earlier, Derek Williams now playing. These are the types of players that they didn't, they didn't necessarily inherit. These are the guys that they envision for the future of, you know, PK's defense, right? How it's going to look. They made the most of what they inherited, by the way. They did a damn good job. A lot of the guys, most of the guys right now contributing on defense are guys they inherited, guys for the future. So this is how the defense is supposed to look going forward. Shut down corners who can play press on the field and the boundary side. Kobe Black even told us, right? Hey, they, they keep telling me I'm basically Ryan. They want me to play with Ryan Watts playing. So they want to play the boundary corner, play press all the time. That's what he's going to do. Um, I think Phil Simi is basically going to be in the Derrick Williams role. I think they want their nickel, which – Right now, projects to be Makuba. I think they want their nickel to be to be a guy that can play safety. Too many teams are trying to uh, basically force Texas into matchup disadvantages by going, you know, formation into the boundary, formational disadvantages conceptually, forcing Texas safeties to, who, who are bad coverage defenders. Or I say bad; they are average coverage defenders to below average, and forcing them to have to cover with formation, the boundary, things of that nature. Well, when your your pieces are interchangeable, when you got a nickel, because they like to travel their nickels. PK likes to keep his nickel on the field side. So that nickel also becomes a field safety oftentimes when teams will go formation to boundary. Well, now, now you know, Texas can just – they can just rotate those guys. That that safety becomes a nickel. It's seamless in that transition. The nickel becomes a safety, and they're not at a matchup disadvantage coverage-wise. So I think the future of PK's defense is actually going to end up looking somewhat conceptually like a three-safety defense only because of the versatility of what the nickel is going to be in the future. That was great. All good stuff. Yeah, all good stuff, Rod. I think every time you speak about stuff like that in the secondary, everybody learns a little bit, so I appreciate you doing that. I want to add this, uh, and CJ talked to you about this. Blake Gideon has been has gotten some some barbs thrown his way because he's not a great recruiter, etc. Well, today he looks pretty good. <laughs> this is a good day for yeah. for Blake Gideon with uh, Xavier Phillips to me. Uh, he also picks up uh, Andrew Makuba as well. You know, talk about how you know. In my opinion, we put too much on the individual coaches. Like it takes a, it, it literally every, not just one person recruited Arch Manning. I mean, AJ Milwee was involved. It was it, uh, Terry Joseph because he's from New Orleans was involved. It wasn't yep. just Steve Sarkeesian. There can be a ringleader, right? But Blake Gideon has, has gotten some, I think, some unfair uh, comments. And now he pick, picks up Xavier Filsamy, who frankly looks like, uh, you know, one of the best safety commits Texas has gotten alongside Derek Williams in, in the recent uh, history. What are you hearing about Zay, uh, Blake Gideon as a recruiter? What do you think about this pickup for him in, in particular? No, today, today's been great. If there's been one winner, uh, you know, inside that, that, that athletic facility at Moncrief, it's Blake Gideon. I mean, <laughs> it, it, what a day it's been for him. Uh, something I, I, I think that, you know, Gideon can kind of pound on is, you know, look, you know, Maybe it's been a bit of a shaky year for the safeties, but we can also point to, you know, Michael Taff, a walk-on safety that had interceptions in three straight games. 
You know, yeah. we've seen the steps that Jaron Thompson has made. He had a big interception against Alabama. You know, he's made multiple big plays throughout the year. You know, if you trust me and my pitch to you, you'll be in the right spot. You know, we need speed on the field. You have speed. You could get, you know, to more balls. You can chase down more ta- or tackles as well. That's something that I think is very interesting with Gideon. And, you know, Gideon and his approach to recruiting is very, uh, I would say, a you know, targeted, similar to what we've seen with Texas in the portal. You know, if he if he finds a guy that he wants and he wants to, you know, pursue, that kid's getting all the attention. You know, he is that guy. And, you know, from, from talking to kids that have been recruited by him, he makes it known right away, we want you to be a part of this program. And I think that's, you know, in today's recruiting, you kind of can get some mixed signals from recruiting coaches and, 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 and coordinators and stuff that, you know, kind of want to play the long game in terms of, well, I don't know. You know, down the line, that five-star, you know, up the road might want to consider me down, you know, I'm not going to take you right now. With Gideon, I think it's a a lot more targeted. I'm going to go get the guys that I think can be program changers right away in my program. And here we go. Today's a a huge testament to what kind of recruiter he can be uh, in terms of getting big talent, big-time playmakers on on the 40 acres. Can I ask a question? Okay, so I still don't know the answer to this because is it – is it now more position coaches are recruiting sp- their positions or do they have territories and areas? Cause Tim Brewster recruited me and he was a tight ends coach at the time, but H town was like the, you know, fertile recruiting grounds. They're like, no, we need our best recruiter in this area. Like what do they do about DFW? They, they just recruit positions. Like I don't know my best recruiter in DFW. Like, cause that's where all the talent is right now. Well, that's, you know, that's where I, Hey, that, Rod, you're you're right. There have been changes since you were recruited in that regard. Okay. Recruiting is much more position specific now. Okay. They do still have regions, especially in the state of Texas. And for example, Tashard Choice has parts of Florida and Georgia because that's where he's from, right? Uh, he, he's a high school player from Florida, uh, from Georgia originally, but he also recruited Florida. Uh, okay. Kyle Flood goes up to New Jersey and recruits Sadir Mitchell. Right, because he was a head coach at Rutgers at one point in time, but then Bo Davis goes up there and recruits him too. So they have initial points of contact that are usually regional, but then they immediately hand them off almost to the position coach himself. So there, a lot of that has happened really within the last ten years is when that's happened. So that's that's what you're asking. I will say this: Texas is paying attention to the DFW area because Jeff Banks. They don't recruit many tight ends. They put him in that south, that that I was it the I twenty corridor there. Yes, well, uh, yes, want a state title with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's there, and that brings up uh, probably one of our final questions here uh, of this show, uh, and that's gonna, that's going to be something I thought was funny here uh, from Freelance Society. What are they feeding kids in Desoto? Byron Washington is just a junior. The freshman wide receiver is a bo- booby feaster is a beast too. Byron Washington, guys, is bigger than Cam Williams. He's six wow. foot eight, three hundred and eighty pounds. Booby Feaster, Rod, 10, 10, 3, 10, 200 meter speed as a, a as a true freshman in high school. Something's going on, man. In high school. All right, hey, I want to I want to end this one here with the today with this. Uh, this is Talking Ball, brought to you by the folks at Longhorn Wealth Management Group, 972-707. Four nine zero zero. But before we get to this final question, it speaks to everything we've been talking about. Rod, you and I have been talking about culture, 
and about players believing in one another. Mr. Talk Too Much, we don't want any Aggie poison in the locker room. Evan is talented, but he's more Baton Rouge or USC than Texas. I don't mean to take that as an Evan Stewart. That They're, they're asking about Evan Stewart, the possibility that he yeah. might transfer, the talented wide receiver from Texas A&M. There's also Walter Nolan out there that Texas is not yeah. pursuing, the defensive yeah. tackle, another highly talented guy. But the reason I'm asking this is it, it goes back to the two to the two portal guys that just committed. Steve Sarkeesian wants to keep a tight focus and keep this rolling in the right direction. He knows one bad apple can upset the cart, right? That's what that feels like to me. And that's what it feels like we're seeing. He's got it moving. He's got the snowball rolling downhill. He doesn't want anything to get in the way. And he wants to keep the right guys in the boat. You agree with that? Yeah, that's a great line in the movie Miracle. Uh, Kurt Russell plays the coach. They're about the miracle on ice. And uh, they're looking over the roster, the national team roster. And one of the assistant coaches looks at Kurt Russell's character and says, Coach, you, this roster is missing all the best guys. And Kurt Russell looks at him and goes, I'm not looking for the best guys, Coach. I'm looking for the right guys. And I feel like for Texas, there is an element of that where they're looking for the right guys. You guys brought up how, you know, the guys they're bringing in have connections where Texas can do some deep dive research about character, right? About, you know, their, their, their football DNA, the background, what makes them a player, their personality. You can do a little research and find out they're going to be compatible. Uh, we talked about how Sark learned his lesson from the Isaiah Hall you know, experiment early on, maybe, you know, that didn't work out for whatever reasons. Um, and that was maybe on him. They don't, they don't, now they can afford to be selective. They don't want to waste those opportunities. And they realize how fragile culture is, man. It's fragile. It is really fragile. You can, you know, you can, you know, misplace an element here or there or bring in something, the wrong element, and it could be volatile and blow the whole thing up. And I think the coaches are very, very aware of that. And I think that's a that's something that's Matt Brown used to be very aware of that at one point. You know, that's the stories about Matt Brown being aware that, you know what, this is VY's team. I need to let VY run the damn team. I need to get out of the way of this damn thing. That's what I'm doing. I'm in the way. And, you know, but 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 that's a good coach. This wants to know, you know what, this guy, that this guy got it. He's got everything in need. I don't need to do too much. I can overcoach this thing too. Um, and that's being in touch with the culture. That's being in touch with your locker room and with your guys. That I think Sark's very in touch with the culture and with his guys. All right. Uh, we're going to sum up here. We've got one more super chat I want to get to. Patrick plays. Why is Xavier Filsamy listed at a four-star star now, 24-7 only site at five-star? I don't do the rankings, so I don't know uh, for <laughs> sure uh, what, what all is behind that. All I know is a guy that's a safety that runs a 10-5-5. Uh, that that's what needs to be said. Also, Texas picks up uh, the reason we're doing this talking ball live is because Texas picks up commitments from Xavier Filsamy, uh, the safety out of McKinney and Andrew Makuba, the nickel out of Clemson by way of Austin LBJ, a three year starter, by the way, for the Clemson Tigers. And then I'm going to finish with this Texas now, now at uh, 22 verbal commitments in high school, two portal commitments and the recruiting class itself is ranked number two overall, number two overall. And uh, I'm going to end with this one from J.C. Johnson, flipping awesome. All right. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to Xavier Filsamy, uh, as well as Andrew McCuba and Matthew Golden from 
earlier. Uh, this has been Talking Ball, uh, brought to you by John Donovan and the Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Thanks also to C.J. Vogel and Rob Favors for their expert commentary. For more, we're going to have more tonight. We've got to, we're going to break down the offensive recruiting class, uh, me and C.J., later tonight. For Rod and C.J., I'm Bobby Burton. Hook them. Hook them. <laughs>